uh yeah hey hey everyone uh today i have a special guest uh someone that i've uh listened to for a good while i don't know it's been years uh but uh her name is (laughs) thank you so much uh, tay phoenix is my guest today and and i'm i'm sorry i don't want to like um i can insult you what are your pronouns do you go by oh uh uh, they them she her he him all make me perfectly happy okay great no i i didn't want to uh get in the uh in that you know thank you for asking yeah, I don't want to get off on the wrong foot already, but I, uh, yeah, I've, I don't remember specifically. It might have been Pledge Music if I found where I found you. If you Maybe. remember, if you remember Pledge Music, and they went I down do. like it went down in flames. But uh, I remember hearing this one song, and I still have it on my iPhone too. Uh, Let the light in. And I, I really loved it. Like, uh, I've never been to Georgia or to Memphis, Tennessee. God, that was and, so uh, long ago. But I'm, yeah. like, I'm really delighted that you like that song. Thank you. Yeah. You and, and my and, husband. It's his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you had two versions of it, actually. And I can't find the other one, but it's like a more upbeat version. Yeah, I'll send them both to you. They're not they're not on the social like the the streaming platforms anymore. Um, but I'll I'll send you I'll send you both both versions that's, of it. That's great. No, I and I don't remember if you. I was looking like, did I get an EP from her or did I get an autographed one from Pledge Music or maybe I just? I think uh, it might pledged. have been on Kickstarter. I because I did really that album was was associated with the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, it might have been, but I I really loved that song, especially that slower version because it your voice is like real beautiful, vo- very uh old sounding like Amy Winehouse type uh, lounge singer. And yeah, I just I really love pop music. And when I saw your email, I was like, "Oh, uh, she's still making music. That's great." You know, let me see if she'll give me the opportunity to talk to her. And you know, I appreciate your time today. Uh, yeah, thanks you know, for having me. This is great. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And uh, let me see. So I saw like, uh, and I didn't even know this. I was checking out your website. You had some activism done where you uh you sang uh, Sarah Bareilles' Brave, which is a great a great song too. I love Sarah Bareilles. Uh but you sang it like in the middle of a area where uh protest is forbidden. How was how was that? How did you um like get well, to do that? So to set the stage, this was in January of twenty twenty. So um the then president uh had used the American defense aid to Ukraine as a cudgel to try to coerce Ukraine into investigating uh, now President Biden's son. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was impeached, the House impeached him for it. Um, and so I, I flew to DC and met up with a group of people who were uh, the Sworn the Senate movement. Um, just some really extraordinary activists from all across the country were there. Um, Lisa Fithian, Lori Arbeiter, like just really incredible, um, you know, dedicated lifelong activists. And, you know, we hounded uh, Republican senators about their oath of office, about the, you know, the high crimes and misdemeanors that were present. Um, and one of sorry about the the sounds in the background no, I'm, I'm sitting no in the worries. dining hall um, <laughs> but um uh we you know so that was sort of the the stage for it and you know it was really clear to me that there were a lot of republican senators who were very unhappy with um the degree to which donald trump had created this incredibly toxic atmosphere and um you know, but but were they going to expend the political capital to actually vote to remove him from office? Um, and so, you know, I wanted to call on them to be brave, which is, you know, the title of that song. So yeah. 
Uh, I got a group of people together, um, the wonderful people from Hernan, Rustin, Indivisible. I got to give them a shout out. They were right there. Um, and some dear friends uh, got together and we formulated a plan to have me go out into the middle of the rotunda, which is in the Russell building, the Senate Russell building, and perform Brave. And uh, I was arrested um, for doing that. So it's you're not allowed to make a ruckus inside of the Senate buildings. Um, Mm -hmm. They ask people to be, you know, quiet and not disrupt business as usual. Um, and, uh, you know, I was being disruptive. So they arrested me and they booked me and brought me in. And <laughs> um, the officers who took me into the elevator to bring me down to where the, the police car was waiting. Um, as soon as the doors closed, they were both like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. That was so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they're like, don't tell our captain we said this. And then as soon as the doors opened, they were like, <laughs> it was great. Well, um, I, I'm sure that's better than what everyone else does. You, you're doing a great performance of a great song and everyone else just kind of like probably blasts a megaphone yelling, you know, whatever uh, profanities or obscenities off the top of their lungs so that's not i mean that sometimes people do that but mo largely activists are not you know it's really carefully thought out and mm -hmm. you know the people who are the most effective are very judicious about when they deploy tactics like that mm -hmm. no but that into to for anyone like even just performing live takes a lot of uh what you call like guts let alone doing it in an area where you know you're going to get uh, uh, penalized, arrested, arrested <laughs> for, for doing it. it. Yeah, yeah, it takes even more guts. And you know, no, uh, that's uh, that that sounds um, amazing. You know, like to it, it was it was a huge privilege to be able to do that. And and then you know to so Senator Romney, uh, three days after that, became the first senator in American history to vote to remove a president of his own party from power. Um, and I was actually able to connect with his staffers around that performance. Um, and, you know, I disagree profoundly <laughs> with Senator Romney's general position on just about everything. Um, <laughs> but he does have a moral compass. I think it points in the wrong direction, but it exists. Whereas for a lot of politicians these days, and I'm just going to say a lot of Republicans these days, there is no moral ground. They just do whatever is immediately politically expedient. And that's really unfortunate. Um, and, you know, having that degree of solidarity between people who are on the, you know, very progressive, bleeding edge of the left, well, while not sort of tipping into the territory of some of the kind of more, I don't know, I don't want to say crazy, but there's certain parts of the left that are a little much for me. Um, well, on both sides, but, you know, on, yeah. this, the left <laughs> and the right are different, but, um, oh, but yeah. yes, there's some extremism that happens across the political spectrum. Um, but to be, you know, as far left as I am and to connect with people who are as, you know, far kind of center right as Senator Romney is, um, you know, that's a that's a tremendous amount of solidarity to have across a pretty big divide. And that that moved me. That really moved me. And I think it moved a lot of them too, a lot of the, that office and those staffers. I think it was kind of a powerful moment um, where we could connect as Americans and at a time when it's so difficult to do that. Yeah, especially to connect with, you know, song or anything and it did not be some sort of tragic event that makes us have to connect sort of like mm -hmm. a you know like, like, a, like another 9-11 or something and it, it, it's good to find how you said like solid ground for all of us to maybe compromise and uh you know <laughs> live with <laughs> I mean, each other because I'm We're pretty all uncompromising, but uh, when it comes to certain <laughs> things anyway, but, but being able to, you know, find that capacity for us to work together. I mean, the, the art, politics is the art of the possible, and especially when you're inside of the system. So, you know, just figuring out how to maximize what's possible. <laughs> no, that's a great attitude to have. Uh, and I, I saw, uh, recently, you know, off, off your email, 
you have this uh, blog post written where you're a a natural, a natural. Uh, yeah, right. which is very, very, very clever. As far as like, uh, it, it, you you go into your, you know, your music, but then also your uh, saying about your autism, mm-hmm. and sort of like taking it as a, oh no, I know I have this, uh, but I'm gonna use it. Do you do you uh, think of it as like a hindrance or more of a sort of uh what where it helps you more Mm -hmm. or or do you just uh see it as like hey i'm gonna make it through this you know uh for your songwriting and your musical or even just your day-to-day sort of uh existing yeah i mean there's there's a lot there um I think the simplest way to put it is that I love being autistic. I'm very proud to be autistic. Um, I think that it gives me uh, certain, at least for me, it gives me certain superpowers around pattern recognition um, in particular. And that gives me a view of the world that, uh, you know, I I would never, ever give up for anything. Um, The world isn't set up for people like me. Um, the music mm-hmm. industry is certainly not set up for people like me. Um, that is something that I would like to change. Um, I would like to, uh, you know, when all is said and done, I would like people to remember me as being someone who made the music industry more accessible for disabled artists uh, in general and autistic artists in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, the thing that is the most challenging is the sensory stuff. So you can see I'm wearing sunglasses. I tend to wear sunglasses basically all the time. Uh, these also offer some correction in my vision too, but um, because I'm very light sensitive. Um, I'm very sensitive to a lot of people talking at once, a lot of people playing instruments at once without, you know, that aren't in sync with each other. Um, those kinds of things kind of send me to the edge pretty quickly. And so mm-hmm. that can be challenging in, that, in an environment. Um, where people have instruments in their hands and of course they want to play them. Um, So, you know, those kinds of things are, uh, you know, they present some difficulties, but those difficulties can be addressed either by actions that I take, like wearing, you know, sunglasses, wearing earplugs, or, you know, by a combination of like accommodations. So, and that's one of the things I just want to say, like the Berkeley accommodations people have been really great. Um, you know, there's been a couple of snafus, but they've, they've helped me iron them out and they clearly really care. Um, and that means a lot. So, um, you know, basically like, for example, in, in some of my classes, you know, I have this accommodation that, um, you know, if, if the, if the class is playing at the same time and we're playing different things, there's a time limit on how long that can go on before it has to stop. Um, so that I have some control, because part of it is if I don't have any understanding of when something is going to end, is it just going to be like this forever and ever that it's this noisy? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I understand. Have less, right? So those kinds of things. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like it makes me a better musician because I can see very quickly, like if I have a songwriting professor and they'll like show us like three examples of songs that do something well, like I will internalize that concept because I can recognize the pattern. Um, that is a powerful tool. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy um, to be autistic and to be an autistic musician. No, it says, it says a lot. Cause I, I know, uh, and I've talked about it a lot with the people I uh, engage with as far as my audience. Uh, I, I cope with a lot of anxiety uh that's crippling you know i wouldn't it, it, it may be autism autism i don't know i haven't really gotten checked but i do have a lot of anxiety so i do uh like praise you you know that you're able to cope with it and then how you said the uh, university itself you know uh helping you or knowing of it but then also to turn it into a positive how how you say you're able to uh use it as your superpower to <laughs> to help you uh, be a better writer and that's always good to turn that uh negative uh you know that it seems negative at first of course how you put it yeah but then into a positive and just uh keep completely reverse it so that's always uh i would 
say it's a neutral, right? It's an it's an, an a natural state of being that in our existing system comes with positives and negatives. And I think that the negatives, like I said, can be largely addressed by either my own actions or environmental adjustments. Um, but, you know, it just is. Autism isn't good or bad. It just is. Um, yeah. It's just a way that people are in the world. And, uh, you know, and, and we have a lot to offer. And I think, I think people are starting to understand that more and more. Yeah, and you learn to, uh, you said, cope with it uh and you know use it as a positive and that's that's great it's it's high praise uh to be able to do that uh and then to talk about it openly too you know not be ashamed of it uh is always great too i I know that's how i feel sometimes with my anxiety it's like you want to be ashamed of it because it keeps you from doing what quote unquote normal people are able to do but to uh not be ashamed but to also make it as a positive is great uh i i saw on your uh was it your email or your website you had talked about uh covid really bringing you down and uh knocking you into a major depressive episode Uh, so it was i don't know if one brought the other on or exactly what happened but i i I mean well actually because it was it was no so this is a depressive episode that happened first um I had a big, a big falling out with a couple members of my family pretty early on in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it brought up a lot of really old childhood stuff that was not dealt with. <laughs> and, uh, and that, you know, kind of sent me down a road of being pretty buried. Um, and just as I was starting to dig out from under that, and kind of get ready to, you know, uh, get to, I mean, I had already been working on the EP. It was just like, okay, now I need to go into like serious, like drive mode. Then I got COVID. Um, and I had, you know, long COVID for about eight months, Mm -hmm. um, Mm, which was just, oh my God, (laughs) it was so bad. Um, you know, I had, it caused problems with my shoulder, um, because it caused a bunch of inflammation. I was exhausted all the time. My breath capacity was down. I still have maybe some heart stuff going on. Like it's kind of, you know, hard to tell what's what because I take a bunch of other medications and some of those have side effects. And but it, it yeah. definitely turned me upside down. And uh, and it it really made um, working on the album difficult. Um, but now you know we're in we're basically in post production. I still have a few backing vocals I need to record. But before we get to that point, um, what my producer, who I call Mr. Jones, I'll tell you that story in a minute. Um, <laughs> Mr. Jones right now is working on uh, basically mixing things down. So there's a lot of tracks. There's like 70, 80 tracks in some of these songs at this point, oh. which is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, okay, we're going to like mix down, do the effects on the guitars, get that into one wave file, like just simplify things a little bit so that. Um, you know, by the time I get back from this program, we'll, we'll be at a place where we're ready to like put the final polishing touches on everything. Um, and I call him Mr. Jones. So he's, he's in his seventies. He's my dad's age. And, um, you know, we were talking, I think it was about a year and a half ago we were talking and he said, you know, um, most people, when I was coming up, when I was your age, most people did not call their elders by their first names. And I said, well, would you like me to call you Mr. Jones? And he said, yeah, I would. So now I call him <laughs> Mr. Jones. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, or, or Mr. J is kind of my affectionate way of shortening that. He's wonderful. He's like, you know, I say he's my dad's age. He's my music dad. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I have a great dad and I have a great music dad. That's always great. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was brought up then too, uh, I guess, with the Mr. and Mrs. I mean, of course, it's kind of like... Uh, tricky nowadays with pronouns but uh it's it's always good to uh be able to still show respect uh you know in a way and then how you said you you do uh respect him you know he he's a great mentor i'm sure uh i was let me see And, and then as far as like going back to school 
or you know you write in your blog post about going back to school i know i'm recently going back to school at my age i'm 36 and uh, i can kind of relate that it's like well what am i doing you know uh what uh what's what sort of prompted you yeah (laughs) (laughs) no it's and and i don't know if it's just me sounding like an old man but kids are different these days uh very much so i like Uh, them though i think gen z is the finest generation ever to be born i'm so impressed with them (laughs) like really i think they're just great i uh i love my nieces i'll say that uh you know like there's i could put up with my nieces because they're great but the the whole world i'm not too sure about i i I have very little patience i suppose but what uh brought you to going back to school because that's was that was that uh like a out of nowhere decision or did you want to do it want to do it want to do it and someone gave you that extra push i it's a couple of different things so um the way that it kind of started was um so the drummer on uh who worked on let the light in the song that you mentioned earlier his name's mike aarons and mike went to berkeley um and so that was kind of you know he talked about like having you know having gone to berkeley and what he got out of it and you know we're talking about a rehearsal one day and i was like god i wish i'd done that i wish i hadn't caved into the just the pressure that i was getting from a lot of vectors um to uh, you know, pick a sensible major and music can be a really nice hobby, but you can't, you can't do it as a, as a full-time thing. Mm. Um, and, you know, so that was, that was one, one sort of tipping point, but that was many years ago. And then when I was doing the Kickstarter, um, I was working with a person named Laser Milena Weber, who does a lot of Kickstarter. Um, and they have a book that's through Berkeley Press about crowdfunding for musicians. And so I had been reading that book and I just, you know, it's sort of that, that Berkeley logo <laughs> kept jumping out at me from the back of the book. And I kept thinking, huh. and then, you know, I raised all this money for this EP and I, I mean, the songs I wrote, they're some of the finest I had, you know, had and have ever written. And, uh, I just felt like, you know what? if I really want to do this right, if I want to justify the $18,000 people just gave me to make this album, I need to get myself some additional education. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you can only get so far by yourself. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have reached that point. It's like, I want to be a better arranger. I want to know more about what it's, you know, in the studio. And like, all of that has changed. Like, I'm able to, to... ask Mr. Jones questions I never would have been able to ask before or assert opinions that I never would have been able to even articulate before. Um, you know, I've made some pretty substantial lyrical changes to a couple of the songs. I think it makes them better. I, I think everyone else will agree um, that it makes them better songs. Uh, but just based on on what I've learned here. Um, and I'm doing so I'm doing my degree through Berkeley online, which is great because it means I don't abandon my husband and our friends and family and our cats and everything else and (laughs) run off to Boston for years at a time. Um, And then I'm here on campus right now doing Aspire, which is a five week performance intensive program that I'm probably going to try to do every summer. Um, It's pricey and very, very, very draining, (laughs) but also (laughs) really inspiring. Um, Like when I say draining, it's just a lot of hours of grinding, but well, good. especially especially for. with the uh, social life, uh, like a husband and family, and you know, you already and have being like middle a middle aged, you know, just yeah, you have an established aged. life already. You know, it's not like you're a kid you, with really very little worries, and then you you're still doing the EP too, right? Like, uh, oh yeah, it's coming. It's going to be um, April of next year. We're going to start doing single releases in February. Uh, all the Kickstarter backers, which, oh my God, I'm so grateful for their patience. So grateful. Most of them, in fact, all of them. I haven't really had anybody who hasn't been understanding about the long COVID and the depression and everything else. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to, I want to get that, get them their, their thank you gifts, their downloads by December. So that's kind of the timetable we're working from. And then there's going to be um, a West Coast tour, it's going to be an East Coast tour. 
Um, I'm playing, well, I shouldn't say it yet because it's not fully announced, but there's plenty of opportunities coming up for me to perform and, and share my work with people and, um, you know, in support of, of this thing that everybody invested in um, and in, in me as an artist. And, you know, just over and over again, I come back to how grateful I am for all of it. It's pretty incredible. Well, no, you're a talented, uh, you know, writer, singer. You, you know, I, I know, like like I said, uh, when I saw your interview, I was like, oh, man, she's still making music. That's great. And, yeah, I, that one song is just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I haven't heard all your other stuff, but all it takes is, like, one song. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and I'm just like, man, this is a good song. Why? I, I always said that, like, why isn't this everywhere? You know, you have your... Of course, you know, the, the bubblegum pop music or uh, whatever radio hits that play everywhere and get the billions of hits. But I hear, you know, someone like you, like, who put their heart and soul into a song and other things, I'm sure, uh, blood, sweat, tears, and it shows and it's like, why isn't this everywhere, you know? Uh I mean, I can, I can try to answer that a little bit if you want. Yeah, um, no, please, please. So first of all, my goal isn't to be everywhere. There's a lot of artists who, you know, want, who aspire to that and who want to play Wembley Stadium. It's not that, I, I mean, somebody said, hey, you should play Wembley Stadium. And that was actually an option. I'm not going to say no. But, you know, what I want is to reach the people who really share my understanding of the world and want to connect around it. And, um, and so something doesn't have to be everywhere to be meaningful to people. And like, here we are connecting, like you felt something from that song and you've been following my work. And now here we are talking and connecting around values that we share and things we have in common. And like, that's the whole point. Yeah. And it's, it's been years. I, I, I cannot recall how long I've had that song, like on my playlist, you know, on my iPhone. 2013 that i released yeah. that so yeah it's been 10 years i remember even um you had you had done a uh album cover that was black and white and i remember printing it out for my niece to color because yeah, uh, that was that album outside the yeah lines. yeah yeah that's not that's on that's not on any of the streaming services anymore i have a couple of songs from it that i re-released um but i want to eventually want to remaster a lot of those songs and put them on um you know on one kind of compilation um mm -hmm. of like the things that i'm the proudest of from that era of my life no yeah that was i don't know it it, it was just something that resonated with me and still does you know how how you sound how great it is and i look forward to uh the new music you're putting out you know it's uh i it's it, i don't know it's great that that you, you didn't fall off or you know you weren't uh hindered by obviously you know these things that were going on in your life whether it be covid your major depressive episode or even uh autism uh you using it to you know yeah help you well that's why when i was coming up with a stage name i picked phoenix because you know phoenix is the bird that keeps on rising like there's just no stopping it <laughs> and you know i'm gonna i fall hard but i bounce back no, that's that's great. Great to know. And I saw uh, on the website uh, you had you're not on Twitter. You you had a demise on Twitter. <laughs> how, how did I? <laughs> oh God, I was on Twitter for. I joined Twitter in November of 2006. So I was on Twitter for basically my entire post college adult life. And um, I'm gonna wait for those sirens to stop. Uh, I don't know if you can hear them on your end or not, but just um, a little. Yeah. So, um, you know, but when Elon Musk bought Twitter and turned off the anti-Nazi features, um, I got, I was not interested in, you know, supporting that or giving it my, the content that I was creating for free. Um, and so now, you know, I've, I've created this Substack, which um, that platform was recommended to me by one of my business professors here at Berkeley. Um, and, uh, you know, basically being able to share the thoughts about the world that I was sharing on Twitter and the music that I was sharing on Twitter um, in a, a place that 
has more anti-Nazi features. They're not perfect. They've had some problems, but they are turning on the anti-Nazi features. <laughs> That's always good. Yeah, yeah no more not, Nazis. Definitely no, not. no Nazis allowed. No, no Nazis are uh, they're 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 done. They, or at yeah. least they should be like well, come up with something that's new the thing. it's up it's up to all of us to make sure that they are done and that they stay done um which is you know requires vigilance and a willingness to to push back when they enter the public sphere that way those freaking nazis they always you know what is it you cut it's like the hydra you cut one yeah. head and then three three more pop up yeah. uh and I was just going to ask your opinion on this uh, lately, you know, with AI and I ask everyone, you know, because AI has so many features in a lot of different things. And I'm and lately I think I saw Grimes, uh, the artist saying, you know, hey, if you make a song with my AI voice, I'll uh, give you 50 percent of whatever, you know, it makes essentially, you know, because they're doing all the work with the grimes ai music how do you feel about ai being in music would you you have you utilized it would you utilize it as a tool to either write or um, compose you know music i think that there are applications of ai that are potentially useful um you know i i think that in terms of songwriting i think it can sometimes help you to make sense of what you already have um, so you can say, you know, hey, I've got this idea for a song and I've written these lyrics and, you know, what are some words that rhyme with this or that are imperfect rhymes for this? Or, you know, can you map all of the stressed and unstressed syllables of these phrases for me? Like those kinds of things are, are you know, AI can be used, you know, for that. And I don't see any problem with that. Um, I love the idea of so we're at a place now, um, we're at the cusp of the spatial computing revolution. Mm -hmm. So Apple's, uh, you know, goggles product is coming. Mm. And uh, that's going to be amazing for musicians because, you know, we are constantly trying to figure out how to create things people will actually buy, not stream, buy. Um, because that is... You know, for a while we had CDs that everyone would buy, and album, you know, vinyl that everyone would buy, and then, you know, that went away with Napster, and then started to come back with the paid downloads, and now we have streaming services which just pay us micro pennies. Like, there's no money on Spotify unless you're, you know, someone who's getting a million streams a day. Mm -hmm. um, and so figuring out, and it's not about the money. Like, I'm not here to get rich, um, but. Uh, I do want to be able to support myself, right, as an artist, yeah, and be able to invest in my work. And in order to do that, you need to get paid. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so what's going to happen is artists will create, I mean, you remember when Beyonce came out with Lemonade, right, this visual album, and it was so rich and so intense we're going to have 3d experiences, right? People are going to be on the holodeck experiencing an album or a live performance. And, uh, when I say the holodeck, I'm talking about in star Trek when they, you know, they can say computer generate me a, you know, Alpine <laughs> ski resort and you can go skiing. Um, people are going to be, you know, in these immersive 3d environments. And I can see for smaller artists that don't have, you know, teams and teams of people who can build something, uh, having an AI actually create that environment. That would be really cool. Um, you know, so there's definitely, there's definitely roles for it. But where I think it's dangerous is when you start getting to a place, and like we see this with the Hollywood writer's strike, we see this with the actor's strike now, like the un consistent undervaluing of creative activity um, by corporate systems and you know, that AI could continue in that vein to devalue the work that artists do by mm -hmm. outsourcing it to computers um, that, at least for the near term, will not do it as well. They won't. They, no. You know, they they simply because they're not they're not human. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say they I'd say like they could uh, AI could tell a joke, but it doesn't know uh, why it's funny. You know what I mean? Like that's. 
I mean, well, some, and actually some AIs now can tell you why it's oh, funny, geez. which is a little terrifying. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, this is a genie that, you know, honestly, the thing that bothers me about AI the most is, I mean, there's a lot that bothers me in the artistic space, but in the political space, I mean, the capacity to just generate a volume of multimedia disinformation very quickly is really problematic, especially when it comes to time bound of things like elections. Like imagine if 48 hours before the presidential election, uh, you know, someone uses, some bad actor uses an AI to generate, you know, uh, just a pile of disinformation about a candidate. Um, and before people have a chance to recognize that it's not true, they've cast a ballot. Yeah. So that's, that's really scary to me. That's the place where I go, Ooh, we got to rein this in. Um, and one of the really difficult things about living in this gerontocracy, right, where you basically still have boomers running the country, which let's be clear, I, I love, there's some boomers that I love. Um, but as a generation, they need to be done controlling oh, the world. Oh, yeah, they they're really out of need touch. to be done controlling the world. And, they're completely out um, of touch. Yeah. And, and they don't understand the tech. They just don't understand the tech. And because they don't understand the tech, they can't regulate it appropriately. Um, and that leaves us with a massive, you know, power vacuum in terms of what we're able to do to, to rein this dangerous stuff in. Now, there's a couple of people, including, weirdly, Josh Hawley of Missouri, who's like terrible, terrible. But on this issue, he's got it right. And, you know, I got to give him props for that. Um, there's a couple of other senators some Democrats, some Republicans that are paying attention, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to get the, the older generation to figure out how to move on this and some other issues too, like climate. Like I just, they don't take it that seriously, unfortunately. Well, I don't, and it's, a, I guess it just depends on their motives, whether it be they don't care uh, or they have other things to worry about or they just want their money. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a whole nother uh <laughs> yeah that, that that's a whole nother uh issue as far as uh just trying to uh you know exist and make make art and make music uh for people um no but yeah i want to thank you so much for your time where where can people like go to support you because i have on the bottom kind of scrolling some of your links you. uh yeah uh i don't know if there's yeah, but... any other places so there's my website, tayphoenix.com. Um, there's my Substack, which is free for now, but um, I'm going to start a paid tier eventually that's a dollar a month to get access to, you know, all of my, all of the thoughts that I have uh, on politics and music and culture and everything else. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, basically whenever I, I make a demo of a new song, I'll post it there just because I think it's nice to let people see kind of what my process is. Um, and you know, it's not polished and it's not meant to be polished. It's just to kind of give people a sense of where I'm at. Um, and then there's also my band camp. So that's tayphoenix.bandcamp.com. And that is a place where you can actually buy my music, um, as opposed to just streaming it, of course, streaming it on Spotify and Apple music like that's, I'm not never going to complain about people like listening to my music wherever they want to. But if you want to invest in me as an artist, the places to go are the places where it's it's our space. It's not Facebook's space. It's not TikTok's space. It's not Spotify's space. It's not Apple's space. It's a space that belongs to, you know, you guys and to me where we can connect and talk and share and not be mediated by these big companies. Yeah. And the support goes directly to you as far as um, uh, help helping you uh further make the music or uh you know help with the creative uh right side of it you know the exactly. the business side or to pay my therapist <laughs> Which, you know i mean they, they they have their work cut out for them so. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of uh people behind the scenes uh on, on your team you know yeah. helping you helping you uh create uh, yeah. I completely oh, and get that. So many, and I mean, I—it's like impossible to convey in words how fortunate I feel and how grateful I am to have 
the team that I have around me and the people that I have in my life. I just, it's, it's such an extraordinary gift. No, and that's great to hear. I, especially, you know, I, I can't say I've been following you, you know, the whole time, but I remember, you know, supporting you back then and then sort of seed any updates maybe you might have sent through email and then now uh to know you're in a good place and that you're about to release new uh you know i saw the demos but you're about to release your your new ep and it's i don't know it's nice to see that you've haven't fallen off that you know because no never yeah that's never gonna happen I'll say after years, some people, of course, get discouraged, and especially like some of the things you say uh, you you went through and stuff. And you're like, well, what's what's the point? But it's it makes me, uh, you know, happy. And uh, like, I don't know, it, it's just a good feeling to know that uh, there's still room for creatives and you're still out there making music despite like everything against you you know what i mean mm-hmm. well and you know it's just uh you kind of have to it's just you just can't stop if it's in you it's in you you know you you have to do it it's required <laughs> um required by by dint of existence um you have to do it and you know i'm not like i said i'm not trying to create the wembley stadium thing i'm trying to create a community of people who understand each other um community of people who you know, believe that a better world is possible, who are aware of the ways in which their own personal transformation can affect that, that better world. And, um, you know, and who want to listen to music that makes them think and feel and cry and laugh. That's not, you know, that's not just about kind of getting you up and getting you through the day but actually really making you connect with yourself and with other people that's that's what i'm here for no i love that it with that i think uh we'll end this interview i want to thank you so much for oh thank you for having me it's really good to see you face to face yeah no it's it's amazing like i said i've heard this song you know it's been on my playlist it'll it'll be there like forever on my iphone you know everyone everyone that i switch to upgrade to it stays with it you know and it <laughs> well, was just huh? oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no no uh yeah i've just i don't know uh, like i said whenever i first heard it it's just like this is a good song and then even that other version i love i love when people how you remixed it or did it where it's like a yeah. a more upbeat uh sounding but it still has those real like you know down to earth lyrics the way that actually that that breakdown mix happened so um i had i don't want to say a big fight but i my the my producer and i were butting heads in the studio around that song and um and so i was actually i was tearful i was really upset and we were like okay let's use this and so we all got in together you know, we weren't tracking separately. We all got in, in the, the room, you know, recording area together and we just banged out that, you know, like slam kind of breakdown and the vocal was so raw and it was just, it was, you know, literally we had a breakdown and we decided we were going to use it in the studio and then we recorded the more upbeat version. Um, I'll send you both of them. Um, and if you want to put them at the end of this conversation so people can listen to them no yeah definitely that would be lovely um you know it's it's a it's a representation of that point in my life i think you know i've become aware of uh you know different different things since then i think i might have done it differently but i i I mean i stand by the song i think it's a good song so oh yeah it's a great song i could listen to it like i said i could listen to it all the time it's just one of those uh playlist songs where i'm like okay that's coming on hey hell yeah uh both versions and i'm saying even though they're like they're the same lyrics but they're just completely different in tone and they both sound so good you know like i I love it It reminds me like i don't know if you've heard angus and julia stone where they like 
Uh, yeah. They, so yeah. go ahead. I'm just trying to place that music. Oh, but no. Yeah, please, please go ahead. No, where they do that too, where they have the two completely different breakdowns of of one song with the same lyrics, but it just gives it a whole different meaning. You know, like it, I don't know, it, it, it's just beautiful, uh, and and I, I really am, am ecstatic that you're still creating. Like I said, and not only that, but you're uh, thriving you know making uh, everything better for yourself uh whether it be mentally and uh you know through school and all that I, it's 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 good to see like uh <laughs> a, a, a good story keep folding because it's only going to get better i i yeah. feel like with you you know it's i'm just i'm just hitting my stride <laughs> yeah no it's, it's wonderful but again uh yeah, I'll put those two songs at the end of this we'll, so everyone can do that. Uh, we have your links here. I'll definitely le- link your band camp so they can uh, directly support you on the video. And, yeah, I want to thank you for your time today. is is very appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'll leave you with the Trekkie salute here. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Who's um, I can do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can do can, that. Yeah, the, the Vulcans live long and prosper. So, yeah. Um, right, yeah, I'll, I'll catch you later. Thanks again. It's going to take me a couple hours to send that to you, but, um, oh, yeah. but yeah, I'll no get worries. it to you today. All right. Well, yeah, that's Tay Phoenix. You can support her. There are all the links at the bottom, and I'll definitely have the links in the description. But thank you so much again. Thank and, you. Thanks, uh, Lorenzo. Appreciate yeah, you. Yeah. All the best. Thank you. Are we ready? Are you ready?
Who might send me down a side? 